0: It's okay to, to not be okay, type thing, or to have you know,
1: the fact that we are working at home and don't feel that everything's got to be all perfect.
0: Hi, everyone, and you've just heard from Javed Babat, who's been serving the finance and accounting community for the last 18 years as a recruiter and very recently founded FIDE Careers, the UK's very first ethical, industry first recruitment agency. Uh, With the mission to raise awareness, education, and positive change around mental health in the workplace for all finance professionals. And on today's show, Javid and myself, we go and deconstruct why the finance profession is getting a lot more attention, investment, and challenges compared to maybe, say, 10 years ago. We also discuss some ideas to maintain mental wellness in these challenging times of lockdown, how we can increase. Leaders' acknowledgement of the mental wellness of their team members, and how to get the best talents on board that are already future-ready for the technologies our profession is using, and also the challenges employers will have in retaining them. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you can check out our timestamp show notes, key quotes, resources, and ways to connect with Javid and more at sitnshow.com. And you can also recommend the show to your friends and colleagues who can subscribe on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. And we really appreciate you investing your time with us today. So without further ado, over to Javid and the show. Javid, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Nice to have my podcast debut with you.
0: <laughs> it's our pleasure, Javid. And you know what's really interesting, and our audience probably don't know this, is that Uh, Normally, you know, when we get guest mentors on the show, they tend to be recommended by previous guest mentors. Well, you know, in your instance, you got recommended by two guest mentors previously, as opposed to just normally the one. So, you know, had to get you on the show and uh, some of our audience in order to get more familiar with you. Uh, we'll probably like to know more about your journey, but it's it's not your traditional finance and accounting journey. You've come at it from the other side. You've been serving the accounting and finance profession in your journey.
1: Yeah, sure. So yes, yeah, so, so my background is when you say serving accounts and finance professionals. So mine's from the dreaded I'm a recruiter angle. So for my sins, I've been doing finance recruitment for over seventeen years. I left my last employed role around 18 months ago and that was because of the onset of burnout and stress and depression I took some time out in order to focus on my own well-being and then I guess reinvent myself into as a better version of me so now fast forward the last few months that I've launched two companies so i've launched a community interest company that supports the mental health and well-being of all accountants and balance professionals and teams and i fund that through my first business which is a ethical recruitment model which combines recruitment with mental health and well-being so it's really trying to drive the awareness and education and also investment in mental health and well-being for a function which i believe is under has always been under the most scrutiny and pressure within a business but I feel that especially in the last few years and even more so in the last few weeks that has ramped up even more so really want to ensure that I not use my experiences but my passion for mental health and well-being to support a sector that I know a lot about albeit from a different angle as a recruiter but Having spoken to Met, and have got many contacts and now friends that are working in accounting finance.
0: Look, uh, I, I suppose some of our audience will be relieved to hear that someone else appreciates that uh, that they're under a lot of scrutiny in, in our finance world within the organisations and profession we operate in, and uh, and some of us are sort of feeling, I suppose, burnt out and put under a lot of pressure. That sort of constant quest to do more with less. Uh, not even the same, but with less, you know. And um, I suppose having that sort of outside, in perspective, in terms of serving the community. I mean, what are, what are others in in our profession saying to you, or or what are, are are good things that they're doing about it?
1: So immediately, if I take the conversations over the last few weeks, there is a definite feeling of being even more over being even more overwhelmed and under even more scrutiny before and I start all those phrases with even more because I've seen it over the years that finance is and a finance function is the heartbeat of a company and it has increased in its importance to an organization probably since the financial crash around 2008 and nine and you've seen that sort of influence and importance which has then translated into the investment made in finance teams and and also then how many that you see Board level at CEO that are qualified accountants, so that is not in question. I think where the last little few weeks and in particular is everyone has been thrust in a situation where they've never experienced as individuals, and then everyone's relying on them to have all the answers. Mm. So the, the every from MD CEOs budget holders and stakeholders internally, externally are almost, for some of them, feel like they have been peppered with questions, queries, and expected to have all the answers. And they're sat there doing their absolute best to navigate through all the, the, these waters and have the answers for them, and more famously supporting their own finance team, who they physically can't see apart from in a Zoom or conference call, who... They can't just quickly go grab a of it right now. Mm. So a number of new challenges that are emerging and it ultimately feels like the both the success and failure of a company is riding on them, but also the well-being of their team and then wider employees is almost weighing heavy on their shoulders. So, yeah, very, very testing times for the senior finance contact that I'm speaking to in the last few weeks in particular.
0: It's it's really interesting, Javid. Like I uh, sort of smiling here and thinking about it. Like that, this is a really fantastic opportunity for our training as a profession to come to the fore uh, to help organisations through this massive period of chaos and uncertainty. Make sense of it all. Yet we're trying to grapple with, you know, learning new tools ourselves, new ways of working, uh, doing more with less. And you know, there's a huge price to pay with that. In you know that we may not notice is that mental well-being, um, and and those stories you share is, resonate with what I'm hearing and talking to folks around the world, so not just in any particular country, it's it's a worldwide uh, challenge we have. How are you know like in terms of those that are are doing this in the right way in sustainable way, you know uh, particularly from the mental well-being perspective, how how are they best managing that? What could our audience um you know start to be doing to to better Manage that uh, mental well-being and and reduce the price they have to pay.
1: Yeah, in the immediate position that we all find ourselves in, the ones who are trying their best, and I say trying their best because we are in uncharted waters, is I guess being a lot more accommodating around not keeping up appearances. For example, on Zoom calls, and what I mean by that is, you know, if a child is screaming in the background or or anything like that, that you know, um, I think I heard a couple of stories where there was uh, TFOs and FDs have their sort of little boy or little girl momentarily coming onto the court just to bring it, give it a bit more of a human side and let's not, we're all sort of in this together and trying to just sort of create that sense of look, it's it's okay to, to not be okay type thing or to have, you know, the fact that we are working at home and don't feel that everything's got to be all perfect. I think the, the other one that's really important is there's no classroom-based wellbeing programs can go on at the moment, so it's then moving to understanding what are what is available digitally. So you know, in terms of, sort of apps and online pieces, so really investing in offering premium subscriptions to app, uh, which they may not have done previously, through to at least showing a commitment that they want to invest in their wellbeing by asking their team to you know in terms of what's important for them so trying to empower the team so like you as a team what would motivate you what would you benefit from rather than just introducing something where you don't know what the level of engagement or buying is going to be
0: yeah no, know that, that that's where i keep because I, I think you know the comment i can hear my audience i'll say like yeah but we're all really busy where are we going to get the time to do all of this but i think to your point it's really checking in to see what people would value and having that uh, that honest conversation because it's no point trying to do this well-being training or setting up loads of virtual meetings if no one's going to engage with them, because yeah. they see that it's more important staying busy rather than um, down the line when they're going to be completely burnt out from all of this and not uh, you know being aware or at least acknowledging that it's okay not to be okay at the moment. Yeah. And like, how do we leaders and and team members and colleagues make sure that you know the rest of the team know that it's okay to do that? to gauge in the right way, and, and to invest in in not being as busy sometimes.
1: I'll be honest, there are a lot of companies and teams that are still adjusting and adapting. So whilst I can, for every example, I can give yeah. of one or two teams and that are d- d- trying to do the right thing, but there are many others that aren't. Where I think because of we've been forced into this situation of lockdown and social distancing, I think the ones who will be can adjust and adapt and be a lot more supportive of their employees and, for example, not looking at a working period of being eight 8.30 or 9.00 till 5.00, but so could you look at a more output-based approach and go, okay, well, you're, let's say you're up from 7.00, 7.30 in the morning to, say, 10.00, 10.30 at night, providing your work is done in that time, does it really matter that you're not logged in during normal office hours? And going from more output-based output based rather than say, oh, well, you must be logged on at this time, because that is something that is still happening amongst many finance teams, where they are being asked to log in at a certain time and and then leave at a certain time. But what you know, there's so much more opportunity where you've got enough hours in the day. But you know, my working day could be anything between seven in the morning, eleven at night. I don't work all that, those hours, but I then put in the work and then I, at the end of the day, I know I've done the work that I wanted to. So yeah, yeah. is there a, looking at more output page rather than just specifically the hours at work?
0: I, I think that's a really good point, Jared. And, and again, maybe that's where the time needs to be invested is looking at the, the outcomes and the output of being delivered as opposed to the time. And I think that's probably where leaders need to maybe step in a bit more is to say, look, you know, there's a lot on, there's a lot to do. It's very chaotic. It's manic. What, what, you know, what is, um, but, but, you know, we can't have our team members burning each other, you know, burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. You know, there's a reasonable level of output to be expected um, to kept, keep these people healthy in our teams, yeah. uh, you know, so they can bring them, their, their best selves to work and, and so on. So no, I really appreciate you calling that one. Out. I, but I suppose there's also a I say, we've got to deal with the immediate time, but then mm. looking ahead to the future, yeah. you know, there's a lot of other changes in technology. We're benefiting from some of them now, the, the virtual work and so on. But like, how do we, how do we keep remaining relevant over the next five to 10 years in your mind?
1: Where, so if you take the area we've already discussed around what can a finance function get a better, better balance between with that sort of flexible working piece and using technology for good in the sense of remote working. There's, you get technology companies doing this really well, so you'll if you ever go on the website of various tech companies, they'll put where hiring remote working available. So basically you could, they can have a workforce that is spread globally. Now, not to say that a finance function can go completely that way for what these technology and SaAS companies have done, but is that's one area to really explore that do you need to have everyone within a physical sort of office or can some roles be done remotely? That could be a question that can be posed for finance functions moving forward in light of looking at how they have been managed and coped in this current time where it's been enforced. I think for for other things, five, ten years down the line, there's a huge transition on and development that's happening already around the value of big data, robotics and automation and what then that looks like for finance function. But how can finance teams embrace that to their advantage and specifically looking at providing sort of better insights to then make better and more informed strategic decisions. And also then everyone talks about in finance function, how, it, you know, let's improve systems and processes to try and save us time, try and save us money. This would have a, can have an even bigger effect, not just on that, but also then moving forward, allow for potentially better forecasting and planning. I mean, there's a lot that's going on, for example, within the payment processing you know, area around the, the automation and how that could help companies and finance that forecast much more accurately in the future because you know from previous behaviours how when a particular client or customer does pay and then that then allows you yeah. to better, forecast better. So, and again, there'll be experts on this that I'm sure you can get on the show that really deep dive into it. This is me coming from a mere mortal who has some understanding of it but knows that this is where a finance function should be really sort of investing their time and knowing how much it could benefit. But yeah, you can see that big four firms are are embracing and investing a lot in big data and robotics and automation. You've got teams now that are set up within big four that are specifically looking at this and AI and how that could benefit their sort of clients and the, the, the companies they serve and work.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely completely agree, Javid. I, I suppose I I was really encouraged by your point that you um, sort of said about finance being the heartbeat of uh, of an organisation. I'm wondering when it comes to those things as well. Sometimes are the the more for you know could be the more forward looking eyes or, or ears or brains and in, in that that regard, um, where traditionally we've probably been a bit more been accused maybe a bit more backward looking, uh, just reporting transactions that have already happened. Uh, now sort of looking ahead to the future so uh, it's a very interesting shift in orientation and, and just just with an eye on the future as well and i want to tie in the well-being point we've been making is um is it an aspect of appreciating that technology the trends and developments out there as well as the importance of well-being is that really how you get the best talent on board uh, into the future
1: Absolutely, I think Deloitte did a report, and they said that by twenty twenty-five, there'll be well over two-thirds of the workforce that will be millennials. Now, the workforce will therefore include millennials that have then chosen a career within accounting. So, and understanding what that particular generation want and is more important to them, and you know that they, they will not the things they won't be interested in are old ways of working in terms of traditional hours. So we've discussed. How that it needs to evolve and change, but looking at companies that invest in the, both the well-being of their team, but also have a higher level of corporate social responsibility, there's going to be a huge retention challenge for any employers and any FDCFOs and finance teams who don't embrace the importance of investing in the well-being of their team and be shown to be a responsible company and organization. And I appreciate CSR corporate social responsibility has been around for for quite some time but there is a lot of cynicism even on that at the moment where is it you really believe in it or is it a tick box exercise and even when it comes to the cynicism amongst current generation of accounts and finance professionals where when they see mental health and well-being pieces being implemented at the moment some are still very cynical and I think part of the reason where the cynicism comes is there isn't enough empowerment of speaking to their own employees and their own teams of what they want rather than, as opposed to just mandating something from head office and say yeah this is what we're doing and expecting everyone to be happy in the uptake
0: yeah i feel it's like sort of those um sort of online uh, programs or these sort of schedule in this current day virtual uh meetings around well-being and stuff like that it's not it's not very personal, I guess. And that's probably what you're, you're, you're yeah. pointing at. Yeah. yeah. yeah, And
1: there's also I, I, one of the things I've always said when I speak to a couple, um, companies, I think I feel like employees and, and therefore finance teams will have a role to play to support mental health and well-being. But there has to be a line drawn probably a little bit earlier than sooner than what employees would be thinking. And what I mean by that is that you can't squarely put the responsibility on the employee, because it, an employee can put all manner of measures in place, let's say over the like, coming I mean, months, weeks, months, and years. However, there'll always be that element of doubt amongst an employee, that why are you doing this? You know, is it is it a tick box exercise, or do you generally care about us? And one of the ways around that is almost taking the pressure and onus away from employees and providing empowering their employees with choice but also choice that involves that they can then access something externally where or the employer sorry doesn't know that they they're accessing it so for example i'm and this is something a a medium-term project of mine so i'm looking to work with an organization who we've tried i find sort of a an agreement in principle but to develop a online support network which is moderated by clinical professions so not just a social network group but basically it's a an, an anonymous online support network which I want to invest in for, for accountants and finance professionals and the reason why that I feel would work is rather than saying to an employer that the onus completely lies on you that someone anyone whether that sort of or another finance professional um, can access it at any time, and no one knows it's you that's on the platform. So it retains that level of anonymity, because there is still the reluctance of an employee to go to an employer to say that they may be struggling until the very, very until they really, really need to. And by that, time, there's been months of stress and anxiety, absentees and present and reduced, reduced productivity that's already happened. Whereas have a, an external online network where you can speak to fellow peers who can support each other. No one knows who each other is. If you log in, but no one even would know where you are in terms of location. So sort of trying to look at an industry investment, that I think will go a long way in, A, raising the profile of sector and the, and the fact that they are doing something about it, but looking at it as a collective thing rather than, oh, we're employers and we're doing this and not having a complete one-upmanship every one or the
0: other yeah See, that's a fantastic initiative javid and uh look forward to to you know and that's up and running sharing the links with our audience yeah uh, but i i do i do feel there is that stigma attached with people sort of um asking for help as if it's it's something something that uh, oh you're just not capable you just can't handle the pressure um, yeah when actual fact doing so is the right thing by the business because um because and again this goes for leaders and employees is those hidden costs as you said around absenteeism uh, presenteeism as well the impacts on productivity the distraction someone's feeling not being able to bring their their best selves to work it's uh, it all adds up but we just don't necessarily record it immediately in the income statement it's it's more of a medium to longer term cost and uh so no i really appreciate what you're doing in this space yeah uh, now no no that said you know you've been giving us some great food for thought ideas and advice um, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received?
1: One of the ones trying to who i I mentioned it, it's been mentioned at least really a couple of people is always continuously adjust and adapt to the needs of either the situation, the environment, the time period that you're in. And one of the ways I've always implemented that within a work environment is if I look at my management style as it's going to be now that I've launched my business and when I grow over the next sort of two, three, four years to even what it was up to two years ago, it's going to be very different. And it's going to be very different because it's looking at what is going to motivate the next generation of employees. And understanding what's going to make them tick and what's not but also just not being stuck in a bit of a time warp i think you, you see too often uh, managers and leaders who feel like oh just because their their ways worked a few years ago that that's the rest of it will continue to work and that's not the case you the way i was managed and when i first started out my career you couldn't get away with half the things that you could do now <laughs> they the, the ones who can kind of adjust and adapt to, to the times, the ones who can adjust and adapt to situations. And as an add-on to that, I've always had this thing about if you are sort of managing and coaching and leading and nurturing, that you do offer a very flexible adjusting and adapting your management tiles to the situation. So on the one hand, you may nurture and encourage an individual, but it could be a certain, uh, in another situation with the same person, you might just turn the screw a little bit but just having that ability to adjust and adapt is really really important and it's what made me sort of successful especially in my last role where i had five promotions in six years and got to the highest level i could below the board but now i look back and go okay well now what i'm going to do i'm going to take the best things of what i did there but i'm going to do things differently in the next five six years because i know where what's going to ensure that i could go get the best out of my team in the future. And some of the things I would even a few years ago won't do it now.
0: Yeah, no, I completely, completely get what you're saying, Javid. So no re- thanks for thanks for sharing that advice. And no uh, I suppose in terms of resources that you might be able to recommend our, our audience that they could go check out.
1: Resources wise, I've been one of these where I have almost a bit of a online grasshoppers i look for all manner of websites where you get invitations to basically blogs webinars etc and a, a lot of these are around um you get a lot of the hr related ones that talk about how can you be a future it's not just about being a finance leader, but you know how, how the best leaders are going to adjust and adapt but it's something i can send over to you sort of afterwards and maybe you can sort of share to your audience after yeah i've got all my subscriptions and they all serve something different but the reason i do it is it's this continuous learning mindset just keep the i've got a huge passion to want to continue to learn and continue to evolve because by doing so you can ensure that you're future-proofing your own skill set you're continuously enhancing your knowledge and you're not just relying on something that Yes, that has worked for you before, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it will always continue to work for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, exa- exactly, 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 You know, if our audience wish to continue the conversation, where's the best place to connect with you at?
1: Yeah, so I've, I've, on LinkedIn, because I guess if you're a professional, and especially if you're serving finance professionals, where else would you be? So LinkedIn is the first port of call. I also have two websites where people can come and find out a bit more about what I do on the mental health and wellbeing side and the community interest company and on the recruitment side as well, because it is more of an ethical one. So on the community interest company, it's www.fmentalhealth.org, that's F for Freddie, and then the recruitment arm is www.fide.careers.
0: Awesome, thanks, David. I'll make sure those links also go into the show notes as well. Yeah, and uh, and look, I really appreciate the advice you sort of shared with us today. And um, before we sort of wrap up, would you have any parting thoughts to share with the audience?
1: Any finance professionals out there, I think not just because of what the situation we find ourselves in right now, but this is an opportunity, a huge opportunity to learn a lot more about yourselves. If you're in a position of seniority to learn more about even more about your team and and as a general thing, what you're capable of as an individual and as a team, and then using the experiences that we're going through now to when lockdown is lifted and go, right, okay, really taking a step back and going, right, as a, as a finance function, what can we take from this sort of unprecedented period and key learnings, and how can we then adjust and adapt and create finance function that's fit for purpose for the future? Uh, basically, a better version of finance leader or manager, or a finance professional, and a team that, that was is a better version than what you were before. So definitely something to use this opportunity to to learn on all those levels, and a huge push to encourage first and foremost the the mental health and well being of yourself and then your team members because ultimately that will ensure that you'll get the best out of your employees you'll get the best out of yourselves and ultimately it's about not just learning but engaging and retaining and i think there's a huge untapped hidden potential of investing in the well-being both in in yourself and your team and if you do that there's you know we always talk about ROI. You know, in an accountant speak, how can we make a difference to the top and bottom line? I think investing in wellbeing has got a huge part to play in realizing at the moment what I feel is untapped ROI and, and and benefits to both top and bottom line by doing so.
0: I think I think that's a great way to to end, end this uh the show on Javid, uh that sort of untapped ROI. And yeah. I think the challenge for us now is to try and um, you know, make that a bit more tangible and make it more real and yeah. uh, start appearing in, 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 the, in the P&L and also on the balance sheet. So look, uh, Javid, really appreciate you coming on the show today and investing with us your, your time and strength in strengthening the numbers. Absolutely.
1: And thank you for having me.
0: So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show.